So I'm saying a different part of this. So the seminary base girls, I talk to them philosophy. If you want it, I'll be happy to send it to you. Just let me ask me for it, I'll send it to you. With the girls in the other room, I, I told some stories that I read. That's only I know them. I wasn't there. During the period of time that the Rebbe and the Rebbeson lived in the south of France before they got on a ship in Lisbon, which is Portugal, and they sailed to the New World, came to America. So the last part is left for you, and I guess we could say this is the best part. So I told you the whole story for nothing business off. Yeah. He told us about, about when they actually came to America, about the three organizations. No, I'm not going to talk to you about the Pula. I'm talking about the, Pasha, the story of his coming here. That ship was. And then they got different tickets, and those people never got out. Yeah, it's and just. And the Fitchburg sent a letter thanking the lawyer's father. Okay, I'm not going to repeat the Gansi but this, David Edelman told us a story. David Edelman was a shliach of the Rebbe for six, seven years. He was a shliach in Springfield, Massachusetts. I don't know if anybody you, you knew him or related to him, but he was very genuine, he was a very open man. He was a really big chassid. He was American, but he was a really big chassid. I mean, he was a soldier. He did not have an easy life. He won a shliach in the 1940s. And he served till the day he died. He never stopped. Rabbi Edelman. So he, he was this great storyteller. I had more than once. I was once sitting at a Fabreng and I was asked to Fabreng someplace and I sat down to Fabreng with a bunch of people. He rolled in and sat down and that was the end of me and that was the beginning of him and I have no regrets. He, just, <laughs> he took over the Fabreng and he knew a lot and he would repeat. He would, if I did tell him. He, was, he didn't keep things. He was very nice in that part. He was nice in a lot of ways but he also would Fabreng a lot. So he told the following story. That he knew this man, Oscar Rabinowitz, Osher Rabinovich. His father was of Mayor Rabinovich, who was a big grub in Boston. And his son, the son was American, maybe he was born in America, but he certainly was American, and he was a, law, a liar. And he lived in Washington. He was stationed in Washington, D.C., and he was connected to the State Department when he did immigration law of some sort. And he was the man who saved the Rebbe's life to Delechateva. He put the pressure, he got the information, he sent along the messages about the Rebbe should move from here to here and so on. So Rabbi Edelman told us that he remembers this man, Asher Rabinowitz, Asher Rabinovich, and that when he would come to the Rebbe, the Rebbe would stand up and hug him and kiss him. He would embrace him and kiss him. Of course, this started before the Rebbe was Rebbe, during the 1940s. But it continues after the Rebbe became Rebbe. Whenever he would come, the Rebbe would stand up and he would hug him and kiss him. And he couldn't take it. So he pushed it, stopped coming. It, that's a, it's a crazy story. He was a clean-shaven man. He was, so to speak, a modern man. But he had such a chush. You know, he, he did, the Rebbe's going to give me a hug and a kiss. So, so he deprived himself of access to the Rebbe, you know, to talk to the Rebbe and so on and so forth because he did not want the Rebbe to hug him and kiss him. That's, that's the story that I need to tell. You understand? All the other stories I could tell, but I just need to tell this story. The Rebbe got here. And I can't tell you the story about I told you all this. I told you all these stories. Okay. The Rebbe got here and the Fidika put him to work. That's the story. The date Chof Chassidim wasn't known. I don't know why, but the date Chof Chassidim was not known. It was so easy to figure out, but it wasn't known until they printed the Fidika Rebbe's letters. 
Because they printed the fee, they can have his letters. So in the book, in the volume, there's a letter dated Chav Chasivin, Monday Chav Chasivin, written to Rabbi Rabinovich, telling him, my son-in-law, my daughter, my son-in-law came, please tell your son, Mar Asher, Mr. Asher, that they've arrived. So when this book was printed, I was reading those, I was, I was a kid, I was a teenager, I was younger than you are. And I was a ravenous reader. So I read the Igres Kodesh of the Fiyadi Kerebbe, obviously. So when I, uh, so when that letter came out and had the date, so Mayor Harling made a big fabrengen. And he got up by the Rebbe and he announced that the Kovat Chav Chasivin is going to be a big fabrengen because the Rebbe came to America. And the Rebbe said loud, Ishu Beisei, I was there, I remember it. Ishu Beisei, I didn't come alone, I came with the Rebbe. Now everyone is saying that the date is Memvav, 1986. I, I think that that's a mistake because in 1986 I wasn't here. And I remember the Rebbe saying, Yeshu say I'm going to guess it was 1984, Mem Dalet, or maybe even Mem Gimel. You can look when the Igres Kedish were printed. That's when they found out the date, and that's when they made this Fabreng. And so Chav Chassim became a date that Chassidim celebrate because the Rebbe arrived in New York. And it's a very good reason, it's a good excuse to celebrate a date. The Rebbe's coming to America. I told you this, Maisif, forgive me for my repetition, that the Rebbe said that when he came here, he wasn't sure if he should... Go to the mikveh first or come to 770 first? On the one hand, he didn't want to go into 770 or go into the mikveh because he's a chassid, he's going to a rebbe. On the other hand, the Fidik Rebbe is going to call him. Why should the Fidik Rebbe wait for him? Because he has to go to the mikveh. The Rebbe did not say what he did. He simply said that the Fidik Rebbe did not see them for three whole days. Did I tell you this or not? Yes. For three whole days. And then when the Rebbe saw them, he saw them one at a time. First the Rebbe and then the Rebbe. And the Rebbe explained that the reason the Friedrich Rebbe did not see them because the Friedrich Rebbe wasn't well and he was very emotional and he was worried about his own health. So he delayed visit, meeting them three days and he met them one at a time to help him so he was like, to be able to relax. But the Rebbe said, which means the Friedrich Rebbe was in the next room and they didn't see the Fiedrich Rebbe, the Fiedrich Rebbe didn't say, see them the whole night with Fabrengu with the Mishpach. Who was there? The Alter Rebbe, the Fiedrich Rebbe's mother, Rebbe Tishtenasoda, was still alive. The Fiedrich Rebbe's wife, Rebbe Tishtenachamadina, and the Nechana, and Shemayosh, and the Rashag, and Barry Berke, he was also there. And the Rebbe and the Rebbe, they spent the whole night schmoozing. And the Rebbe said in the Sikha, Ah! Ein Kleinekeit. The kinder of Zechiratevet from the Nazis. That's what the Rebbe said. Ah, no small things. The children were saved from the Nazis. So that was the story the Rebbe got here. And the Fidik put him to work. I told you this already also that if Chacha Fagin wrote Rabbi Jacobson, who was here in America, telling him that he should tell the Rebbe that if he comes to America, the Fidik was going to leave him alone. We have to learn and dive and do whatever he wants. He's not going to bother him. He said, but I'm telling you that the Friedrich Rebbe needs him and as soon as he comes here, the Friedrich Rebbe is going to put him to work. And that's exactly how it played out. The Rebbe got here and the Friedrich Rebbe put him to work. As they say in Yiddish, Unnachvi. You know, the, there's a sikha from the Friedrich Rebbe about the Mittler Rebbe and the Alter Rebbe. Since I can't tell you what I'm supposed to tell you, I'll tell you something else. That the, we know that ain't Malchus Nagas Bechaveta Filu Kamole Nima. 
Ein malchus nagas bechavata afil lekuchot hashayda. One kingdom does not touch another kingship, even the width of a hair. Meaning, the nesias of one the rebbe and the nesias of a different rebbe do not overlap at all. The rebbe actually said once in a fabrengen, and we now found it in the rebbe's rishimis, that he once asked the friyadik rebbe. The rebbe said about fabrengen, if you could say about the tzemach tzedek during the lifetime of the middle rebbe. The middle was very ill. And the Tzemach helped him physically a lot. So our Rebbe asked the Friedrich Rebbe if you could say about that relationship, two kings sharing the same crown. And the Friedrich Rebbe answered him, What are you saying? Only one king. Now Lepoil, the fact was, the Tzemach was helping the middle Rebbe a lot, but the Rebbe said it's not sharing the crown. There's another sikh of the Shemitic Rebbe, which is exactly the opposite. That the middle Rebbe and the Tzemach Tzedek was two kings sharing one crown. Now how do you work those two things out? So the tenet is that in Amitis HaAnyonim, only one king wears the crown. But practically speaking, the, the middle Rebbe needed help physically. The Tzemach Tzedek helped him. That's what happened. The Rebbe came here. The Shemitic Rebbe was very limited, very ill. And the Rebbe became his, his everything. If the Rebbe had not been here, the amount of work the Friedrich Rebbe got done would have been reduced indescribably. Because the Rebbe made sure that what the Friedrich Rebbe wanted was done. If you didn't think the Friedrich Rebbe was right and you didn't think the Friedrich Rebbe was doing, the Rebbe didn't have such chsidish chokhmes. You know, the Friedrich Rebbe told him to do something, he did it. And the, literally, the last years of the Friedrich Rebbe's life, it was like one, like, you know, two bodies, but one is Shammah. The Rebbe didn't move without him. There's a beautiful piece of film, which I'm sure you've seen, but it's very revealing, where the Friedrich Rebbe is becoming a citizen. It's called America's Nishtandish. That's the name of the film. It's about an hour long. has a bunch of clips. It starts with the Friedrich Rebbe coming to America the first time, and it finishes with the Friedrich Rebbe's Leviathan. The second to the last clip is the video of the becoming a citizen. So the, the film is very special. First you see the Friedrich Rebbe alone. Then you see the Rebbe walk into the picture and stand behind the Friedrich Rebbe on the right. Then you see Kazanovsky going into the picture and Friedrich Rebbe on the left. And then you see the people who came to do the citizenship gathering around. And, and the Friedrich Rebbe raises his hand, he affirms to the citizen. He signs his name, and he's very, very serious. You can see he's very serious. The Friedrich put on a shtreimer. He put on big day Shabbos. The Friedrich put on a shtreimer when he came to America the second time, and he also put on a shtreimer when he became an American citizen. The Friedrich wore a shtreimer on Shabbos and Yom Tif. He put on a shtreimer on those two occasions because he saw his coming to America as sacred. He put on a shtreimer to come off the ship in 1940. He put on a shtreimer to sign a citizenship paper. What happens later is you see in the film that the, the head of a good Chabad in America was a man named Kramer, Sam Kramer, was a modern man, Shmuel Kramer, he didn't have a beard, goes over to the Fiedrich Rebbe and he asks the Fiedrich Rebbe a question and the Fiedrich Rebbe agrees. Now behind this was the Rebbe, the Rebbe was the Gansa troublemaker over here, but the Rebbe had his people do his dirty work. Sam Kramer asked the Fiedrich Rebbe if it would be okay for take some more pictures and the Friedrich Rebbe would pose. The, the pictures of the citizenship are all candid. They're, you know, you could see that he's, he's becoming a citizen, he's very earnest. 
But after it was all finished, Shmuel Kramer asked the Friedrich Rebbe, the Friedrich would agree, and the Rebbe, yes. And you see everybody standing behind. And the famous pose of the Friedrich Rebbe, this pose, when the Friedrich was looking down, was taken that morning. The Rebbe posed for the picture. And also the picture of the Rebbe in the Yarmulke. The Friedrich Rebbe posed for pictures. And what's cute about it is, at first he's, uh, he's sitting, the pen, and then he raises his hand the second time. But the second time he raises his hand, there's a big smile on his face. When he swore in as a citizen, he was very serious. But when he repeated it a second time, now he's much smiling. And the Rebbe shook hands. It was a very beautiful little event when the Rebbe became a citizen. But one of the most compelling moments is the Rebbe standing here, the Friedrich the Rebbe sitting. Then they come, there were two judges and a clerk. They had to change the law in the United States of America. According to American law, the only way to become a citizen is to come into a public building. They come into a building that belongs to the government. The Friedrich Rebbe's health was not the ayayay. The Congress of the United States of America passed a law that a person is allowed to become a citizen in a private residence. Because the Friedrich Rebbe could not go to the court. He wasn't well. And they came to 770. And the Rebbe said, when the Nasi Ador, when the Nasi of the generation needs something done, the Beis HaChukim, Beis HaMachukim, the House of Representatives, where laws are passed, passes a law, a special law, and the Rebbe is about to become a citizen in the privacy of his own home. That's what happened. But the Rebbe is standing here, and then they come stand here, and they're coming around us. So the Rebbe circles around, and he's standing here. And they're giving him one paper to sign, and a second paper to sign, and a third paper to sign. He had to sign a card, the front of the card, the back of the card, his signature and his initials. And they're muttering him. And the Rebbe is standing here, and the Friedrich Rebbe apparently doesn't understand everything that's going on. And at one point, the Friedrich Rebbe turns this way, and the Rebbe leans down, and looks into the Friedrich Rebbe's face, and the Rebbe is explaining to the Friedrich Rebbe what's going on. It's an incredibly special moment. It's a very special... You watch that movie, you can ju just play those five seconds back again. Because you see how the Friedrich Rebbe trusted the Rebbe. In other words, the Friedrich Rebbe was a Rebbe. The number one rule about a Rebbe is, I'm in charge, you know. And here there are a bunch of people who are Yoklach, Americana Yoklach, telling the Rebbe what to do. And the Rebbe is cooperating. He raises his hand, he signs the paper. But at one point, there was some kind of an uncertainty. The Rebbe turns, and the Rebbe leans over, and they have a short conversation. But you see how the Friedrich Rebbe trusts the Rebbe. Now, I wasn't born in 1915, but anybody who was here during that period remembers the degree of bond, connection there was between the Rebbe and the Friedrich Rebbe. It was extraordinary. The discussions was amazing. You know, when the Friedrich Rebbe passed away, there were many people who didn't know very much about the Rebbe, but they knew for sure that the Rebbe is the next Rebbe on one ground, because they saw the discussions. They saw how good connected the Rebbe was to the Friedrich Rebbe, and for them that was enough. Just seeing that connection. There was a Yid in America whose name was Rabbi Mentlik, and a Mordechai Mentlik. You never heard of him, right? Yeah. He never had any kids. His one mistake in life was he never had children. He was a beautiful Jew, most interesting man. Rabbi Mentlik used to talk very, very slowly. The story was that when he was younger, he spoke so fast, he had a super fast brain. He was a Bucky Bishas. 
and he spoke very, very quickly. He spoke so quickly he couldn't understand what he was saying. And if he had to feed the Aborigine, if he came and said, he should speak slowly. And he began to speak very slowly. When I knew him, he was the biggest, he was so easy to laugh at because he, he, he became a slowpoke. He moved slowly, he talked slowly, he did things slowly. But it was a perfect cover because he was the same guy. He was as sharp as he ever was. But he would comment off ahead and you would think like he doesn't know what's flying and he would ask his dumb, simple questions and he'd run circles around you. By the time you realized that you were all trapped, it was too late. Because the impression that he gave off is that he was very slow. But in fact, he was so sharp and he was very quick. But the Rebbe told him, I mean, mentally we can recall the Rebbe right away. Rebbe Yale Khan, I heard this from Shalom Karatana, who was from Rebbe Yale. Rebbe Yale Khan went over to Mentlik. And he says to Mentlik, you know, there's a lot of people around. You're an intelligent man. You're so smart. You're so learned. How are you so sure? You understand? How are you so sure? You know, how do you know that the next Rebbe is, 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 is the Rebbe and not uh, Rashag? So the Mentlik said to him, Mentlik said to the Trebiel, Ebduvos Gizen, He said to Rebiel, if you would have seen how the Fiedekebe used to look at him, you would also be his chassid. In other words, he didn't say how the, how the Rebbe treated the Fiedekebe. He said, if you would have seen the pride, the Fiedekebe, the Fiedekebe loved the Rebbe. Now the Fiedekebe was very sensitive. The Fiedekebbe was not allowing his older son-in-law to be embarrassed and so on and so forth. But if you were around and you saw the special connection, he said, if you would have seen how the Fiedekebbe looked at him, you'd be his chassid also. Because the, 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 the pride that the Fiedekebbe had in the Rebbe was extraordinary. I heard this from a Jew from France, that the Fiedekebbe came to Paris for medicine. And the Rebbe got on the train and he was there before the Rebbe. And he watched the Friedrich Rebbe's face light up when the Rebbe walked into the train. It was like, wow. You saw how much the Friedrich Rebbe loved the Rebbe and how happy he felt to have him as an Adam. Anyway, but the Matthias Advarim is those 10 years, the Friedrich Rebbe's whole ability to do the things that he did and to accomplish the things that he accomplished, which were extraordinary under those circumstances, because the Rebbe was his right hand. That was the fact. And of course, I'm not allowed to tell you the stories again, but I told you the stories how the Rebbe worked for the Navy Yard, the Rebbe worked for the Fiyadike Rebbe. And of course, in addition to all of that, one of the many things the Rebbe did was he connected the Rebbe to Chassidim and to the Rebbe. The Fiyadike was very limited. The Fiyadike was upstairs. And whenever there was a Fabrengen, after the Fabrengen, everyone would come down. Some of the Bokhrim would chazer. I mean, mentally it was a choyzer from Friedrich and Rebbe. The chazer, the siyachas of Friedrich and Rebbe. The Rebbe always sat by the chazara. He usually didn't mix in. He would listen. And if they had trouble, they would turn to the Rebbe and the Rebbe would correct them. The Rebbe would give them a source. The Rebbe would help them understand what the Friedrich and Rebbe was saying. And he was a machnus amaiti. The Rebbe helped people come into the Friedrich and Rebbe. The Rebbe used to explain things that the Friedrich and Rebbe said that people should understand. The Rebbe was incredibly kind. He was very busy. The Rebbe was incredibly kind. And the Rebbe was always helping people. He was helping the Friedrich Rebbe, the Rebbe people. He was helping people be connected to the Friedrich Rebbe. 
know, Mendel Baumgarten has a story. And if I told you the story before, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Mendel Baumgarten had a mice. He went into the Friedrich Rebbe in 1949. And the cloud, when you went into the Friedrich Rebbe, you didn't go in alone. Because you couldn't understand his Chitr but He was paralyzed. His speech was very difficult. They found the tape. I have a tape of the Friedrich Rebbe speaking. It's really, it's painful. It's really hard to listen to. He's so sick. You don't understand the word. It sounds like, ugh, ugh, mamish. That's how it sounds. It's hard to listen to him. Think that Rebbe was so ill. But the Friedrich Rebbe's Chongestein, the Friedrich Rebbe tried and he spoke. He spoke, he tried very hard to get out words. And the Rebbe, so, so the say there was, when you went on the Yechidah, somebody went in with you. There were a few people, there was Rabbi Simpson, there was Rabbi Meshach Lebrotstein, there was of course the Rebbe, Chavakov, who understood the, the, the Chitoch, the Rebbe's speech, and they would interpret for you. Mendel Baumgarten, Allah Shalom, walked into the Fiyadik Rebbe, and there was no Maturgo, there was nobody to translate. So he went close to the desk, he wanted to make sure that he would hear every word and understand, and the Fiyadik Rebbe spoke, he didn't understand the word. So he went downstairs, he went into what they called Yamun Dera Mash, the Rebbe called Dera Mash. And he apologized. He said, I'm coming now from the Rebbe, from the Friedrich Rebbe, from the Rebbe the Shred. Friedrich Rebbe spoke to me, and I just don't know what he said. And if I stand it. So I'm asking if the Rebbe would do me a favor, is I not that good to go with the Friedrich Rebbe and to ask, ask the Friedrich Rebbe what he said, so I'll know. This was a normal practice. You know, people didn't understand Yechidus. They went into the Rebbe. The Rebbe would go upstairs and tell you what the Friedrich Rebbe said. On that occasion, Mendel Baumgarten says to the, to the Rebbe, our Rebbe, would you mind going upstairs and asking the Friedrich Rebbe what he just told me? And the Rebbe didn't move out of the seat and repeated the whole Yechidus. Before Tafshir, he pushed it, told him the Yechidus, like as if he was in the room. Now, of course, Mendel Baumgarten knew that the Rebbe knows what he's talking about because the Rebbe didn't know what was in his paper. And the Rebbe, had, in other words, the Rebbe was Pashat. That was the kind of connection there was in the Rebbe and the Friedrich Rebbe. It was, it was so close. And the Rebbe brought the Rebbe to Chassidim. The Rebbe made the Friedrich Rebbe available to Chassidim. They didn't like the Rebbe, you know that. The Mishpacha didn't like the Rebbe. He was a troublemaker. He was a troublemaker. They were worried about the Friedrich Rebbe's health. And they didn't let anybody in. And the Rebbe was always sneaking people in the back door, you know. He was the Ghanif. The Rebbe wanted everybody to come to the Friedrich Rebbe. Elder Chassidim, but even kids, Bachrim, he would try every excuse under the sun to sneak in another person, to sneak in another face. Yitzhak Groner from Australia tells a story. Are these new stories or old stories? Huh? Oh, Baruch Hashem, I was very uncomfortable. Groner from Australia, man, Yitzhak tells a story that he had a friend in Usher Kazanovsky. And the door opened to the apartment, so they snuck into the apartment. With Simcha's Tere, the Friedrich Rebbe was having a coffee in his office. And the Friedrich Rebbe walked around his desk holding a Sefer Tere. They went into the room of the Alter Rebbe. There were two bedrooms and the office of the Alter Rebbe. And they were there. Suddenly the Rebbe walks in. And the Rebbe says to them, do not dare walk into the Rebbe's room. Don't dare walk into the Chayi Yechidus. So those days, Baklal, they had more Derecheretz. And for the Rebbe, they for sure had Derecheretz. So they told the Rebbe, if the Rebbe wants, we'll go downstairs. 
And they said, I didn't say you should leave. I just said, don't walk into the room. So they stood in the other room. Maybe the door was open. Maybe the door was closed. Comes the seventh Akafa Hest. And someone is grabbing him by the collar. Groaner. Someone's grabbing him by the collar. He turns around. It was the Rebbe. The Rebbe grabbed him by the neck. And schlepped him into the room. He should be there for the, for the last Akafa. This was typical of the Rebbe. To sneak in one more guy, one more person, have a chance to be with them, and they hated him for it. And of course, their argument was, but you should know there's something very hard to understand. The Rebbe always used to say, the Rebbe always used to say, of a Rebbe, it's an old Yiddish expression, that on a Rebbe you don't have mercy. And that's what the Rebbe used to say, the Rebbe is not, of a Rebbe, when the Fidik ever passed away, the Rebbe said, If a Gahat Achmonas of a Rebbe, Volta Nachalas Given Domitun's Tuzam. Before Yudshvat, the Rebbe used to say, On the Rebbe, it's not a Achmonas. After Yudshvat, he said, If we had more Achmonas on the Rebbe, the Rebbe would still be here now. And Mistama, you know the Maisev, but I'll tell it to you anyway, that at the end of the war, a letter came informing the Fidik Rebbe of how. Some of his most important Hasidim were killed in Rigen, in Chachafagin, in Yichidamasmed, and others, how they were killed. The Friedrich ever read the letter. I mean, all the Rabbeim opened their own mail. You understand? They didn't have a secretarial board. They opened the mail themselves and he had a stroke. I don't know how they know that he had a stroke, but he showed symptoms of a stroke. A man once showed me this one picture of the Friedrich Rebbe. Well, you can see his lip. The left side of his lip is, is wilted. It's shaped like a V, upside down V. The upper lip is like this. There's one picture. He said, this is during the stroke. The Fidegeber had a stroke. It was a mild stroke. For three weeks, he was out of commission. He was, he was sort of bedridden, maybe. And he was back. It wasn't like that ever stroke. It was a minor stroke. It was on the left side, and on the right side, he was able to write. After that stroke, they started to send to the mail. Until then, they never got all the letters. After that, our Rebbe would look over the mail, and any mail which had anything in the in it that were not so pleasant, they would make sure that the Fiyadik Rebbe wouldn't see it. One of the more unpleasant in Yonim, which they hit from the Fiyadik Rebbe, was the death of his own daughter, Shengel. The Rebbe's sister-in-law and brother-in-law and grand and, and, and elder, Tante, their, their mother-in-law, were all taken to Treblinka. I believe. And um, the men and the women were separated. Remember here, they all went to work. And there was a man who somehow was connected back and forth, back and forth. He was with Mendel Hanenstein in the locket. And one day, when they came back from the day's work, Mendel Hanenstein told him, they just came to tell me that my mother didn't come back after a day's work. If you were not in the morning and didn't come back at night, that means they took you to the gas chambers. So he said to this friend, they just told me that, they, that my mother didn't come back to the lager. It was Erev Rishchidosh Elo, I believe, Toshin Aleph, Toshin Beis. Then a month later, the second day of Rosh Hashanah, this man is again comes back and Mendel Hollenstein said, they told me that my wife didn't come back to the barracks. That was the Rebbe Sushenu. The Rebbe used to say Kaddish for her. The Rebbe said Kaddish, the second day of Rosh Hashanah for his sister-in-law. And that's how we know the dates. And then this man said that Chof Hei we came back from work and Mendel Hardenstein wasn't with us. So they gassed all three of them. 
they burned their remains. There's a Fiedek Rebbe's daughter who was killed and burned just never Matzeva. So this information reached the Rebbe in 1948 or 49. He came, he came to America. And of course, people had, everybody was desperate for information. So they somehow he got hold of the Rebbe, the Rebbe got a hold of him, and he told the Rebbe these details, and the Rebbe decided to keep this secret. Nobody knew, they didn't tell anybody. Could be they didn't even tell the Rebbe some Hamadini. In Tafshin Yud Aleph, 1950, after the Friedrich Rebbe passed away, the Rebbe gave out a special kutris called Kuntis Chafhei Cheshvin. The Rebbe's, the Friedrich Rebbe's aunt, their mother, and mother, mother-in-law, I think she was killed at Rosh Chaydesh Elo Tafshin Beis. Rebbe's in Shandl was killed the second day of Rosh Hashanah, Beis Tishrei Tafshin Gimel. And he was killed Chafhei Cheshvin Tafshin Gimel. So it says the name of this man, according to the witness of such and such a man, it says his name, that he was together with the, them in Treblinka, and he said that we came back to the barracks and he said, the mom is Zirik, and then my wife didn't come back, and then um, himself didn't come back. So the Rebbe gave out a kuntris to honor them. And he writes in the beginning of the kuntris, for obvious reasons, we were not able to publicize this until now. The Friedrich Rebbe had a pretty good idea that his children who didn't show up after the war were killed. But he was never told officially, you understand? So the first yard site after the Friedrich Rebbe passed away, the Rebbe gave out a kuntris. It's an interesting kuntris, because in this kuntris, the Rebbe printed letters from the Friedrich Rebbe to her, to his sister-in-law, and to Mendel Harenstein, to his the brother-in-law. They were very artistic, they were very talented, very artistic. So the, all the letters are about art. And one of the letters, which is printed in this Kuntis, Chafhei Chesh, Dashin Yir Aleph, Friedrich Rebbe is writing to Mendel Hallenstein, and he writes that Chush, the skill of the senses, jumps over many generations. A person has a Chush, his children don't have it. But four or five generations later, the Chush shows up in Enik. He says, for example, the Baditcheverov had a Molenika Khushanagina. The Baditcheverev had a Khushanagina. His children didn't have him. Now there is a famous Wunderkind, a child prodigy, Yehuda Menuhin, Yehuda Menuchin. If anybody knows anything about violin, you've heard that name. He's a grandson of the Baditcheverov, and he inherited from the Baditcheverov his Khushanagina. The Fidakeb writes it in the letter. The Baditchever had a Khushanagina, his children didn't have it, and he's a great grandson of the Menuchin. I remember Yehuda Menuchin. I mean, I remember him as an old man. I never saw him play, but he was one of the most famous violinists in the world. And then he continues. The Tzemach Tzedek had a chush in geometry and engineering. And his children didn't have it. But now he has a great-grandson who inherited that chush. But it doesn't say the name. <laughs> this is the Rebbe. This is, this is the letter. The Friedrich Rebbe wrote this to Mendel Hardenstein, to the Rebbe's younger brother-in-law, um, in Tzadikei, 1935. And they gave out this letter when the first Yartite, their, their first Yartite after the Friedrich Rebbe passed away. So that's really the story. The story of Tafshin, Tafshin, the Tafshin Yud, is how respectful and supportive the Rebbe was of the Friedrich Rebbe. But the Rebbe didn't coddle him, he didn't baby him, forget. The Rebbe wanted to bring Vosmer Achoset to the Friedrich Rebbe. His whole life was to do something to get the Friedrich Rebbe, a little bit of Nachas. Again, I, I'm telling you these stories because I can't tell you the stories that I plan to tell you because <laughs> I already told them to you. But uh, 
The Rebbe used to do all kinds of things to give the Rebbe Nachas. Whatever you can do to give the Rebbe Nachas. The Marshal, there's a story in a book called Nitute Oyer. It's a wonderful book, Nitute Oyer. Nitute Oyer is a book, and the, what happened was the, the family was going to print a whole bunch of volumes. They printed one book, and then the person who was supposed to pay for them was killed. So only one volume was published. There's two or three volumes that have not been printed. There's no money. There was a Jew in Crown Heights whose name was Avram Weingarten. Avram Weingarten. He may have descendants in the room. Avram Weingarten was a quiet man. I remember him. When he was a Baruch Yeshiva, everything he saw he wrote down. Nobody even knew it. And he had journals, full journals of everything that happened as he was in Yeshiva. When he passed away, his children found these journals and they began to print them. In these journals, most of who he quotes, 80% or 90% of his mashpia, the mashpia of the yeshiva, was the Shmuel of Vitten. In fact, in one place in the journal, he writes, there was a Fabrengen, and Shmuel's talking, and he's writing, and Shmuel turns to me, and he says, you're not by the Fabrengen as long as you're writing, put down the pen. And I keep writing, and he gets very upset at me. <laughs> he says, as long as, as long as you're busy writing, you're not taking the Fabrengen, and you're busy recording it. And, and he writes those words also in his journal. And he says, sit and write. So there's a little bit from the Rebbe, very little from the Ramash. So one of the verses in the journal from the Ramash is that the Rebbe told over, the Rebbe told over, that I said, I went into the Free Yedikir I went into the Rebbe de Shver. The Rebbe said, and I told the Rebbe, I want to tell the Rebbe a story of a miracle about the Rebbe himself. He wanted to keep Pushat Nachas. So he told the Free Yedikir that a family came in for Yechidus. And the Free Yedikir looked at all of the children and he asked but one of the children, uh, when was the last time he visited a doctor? Anyway, they took the child to a doctor. The child had a very, very serious illness. And because they went to see a doctor, they saved his life. So the Rebbe says, I'm right for the Rebbe. A family walks in and the child looks well and the Rebbe knows right away. So the Friedrich When I asked whether the child was by a doctor, I wasn't at all thinking that the kid needs a doctor. So the Rebbe says to Friedrich Rebbe, if the Rebbe wasn't thinking it, that's even a bigger mifus, because that means that it came from the subconscious of the Yechida, that the Rebbe, without knowing why, was doing something to help a person. So this is all in, his, all in Weingarten's book, the story is recorded, how the Rebbe repeated it to the Bacharim after the fact. And when it got to this point where the Rebbe said, so I said to the Fiyadik Rebbe, if that's the case, then the mifus is even bigger, because it's coming from the subconscious of the Yechida, the Fiyadik Rebbe became very serious, and he said, Dorten, Tarech Nishreden, and Vilech Nishreden. When you start talking about subconscious of Yechida, I'm not allowed to talk, and I don't want to talk. Like, back away. It's, don't mess, don't mess. That's the story. But there's a lot of such things. The Rebbe did things to give the Fiedrich Rebbe a little nachas. One of them was, and the Rebbe always did it in such a way that the Fiedrich Rebbe wouldn't know it came from him, was that the Rebbe made a campaign in 1945, and they rather now recently someone made a simcha and they gave it out in a chura. I, I wish you could remember who it was. To print the Maimorim and Sikhs of the Friedrich Rebbe. The Rebbe was in charge of costs to print chassidus. But there was no money, so he printed only pamphlets. 
So the Rebbe said that the group of Anash, let's get together, we'll raise money, and we'll print the Sikhs and the Maimarim of the Free Yedikarev. And they printed a whole bunch of volumes. The first volume was Maimarim Yiddish, and they printed the Sefer Zechemis, the memoirs, and others. So it was a whole page of names, and right in the middle of the page, in the same handwriting as anybody else's, you see, Menachem Mendel Ben Chanishnes, the Rebbe joined. And they wrote a whole note, and they sent it to the Fiend Rebbe, that they're giving this as a matona, tafshin, hey. It was called Yevel HaMashulosh, the triple Yevel. The Rebbe was born 65 years before. Jesus for you, Bistamas. 50 years before on that date, the Rebbe Rashab made him his private secretary, he took him to all the Mabaskanas. And it was Chai Shana, it was 18 years since the Chaga Agul of Yerbezi Gimel. So they called it a Yoyim Mashulosh. So the Rebbe organized it, but he did it in such a way that the Friedrich Rebbe should get it like as if it was coming from somebody else. The people should face it. And the Rebbe got Nachas, the Friedrich got Nachas, the fact that people were thinking about him, you understand? Another example that happened, also a similar idea, was the Tafshin Zayin. In 1947, the Rebbe celebrated his 50th wedding anniversary. He was born Tafresh Nun Zayin, just Tafshin Zayin. So the Rebbe wrote letters to Anash all over the world and said, please write the Friedrich Rebbe's letters and congratulate him on his evil letters. And, but don't tell him I said. Don't tell him I said. The Rebbe didn't want. And from all over the world, the Friedrich Rebbe got letters of Mazel Tov and Bracha. And it meant a lot to the Friedrich Rebbe that Hasidim were thinking about it. I'm just going to tell you one more story and then I'm going to stop. There was a Jew in New York whose name was Yisrael Gotsman. Or Gottesman. Gottesman. What was his name? Yisrael Gottesman. Yisrael Gottesman lived in Williamsburg. He was a Polish chassid with a hat. I never met him. I heard about him. And he absolutely loved the Friedrich Rebbe. He adored him. It happened one day the Friedrich Rebbe wasn't feeling well. He was not feeling well, which happened a lot. So Yechidus was cancelled. Feeling cancelled So this guy, Saul Gottsman, comes to 770, and he says to the secretaries, I gotta go into the Rebbe. So the Rebbe's not seeing people, the Rebbe's not feeling well. He says, it's mamish pukuach nefesh, I need 60 seconds, I need to go into the Rebbe for a minute. So they didn't know what to do, and he nudged and he nudged and he wouldn't go away. So finally, somebody went into the Friedrich Rebbe and said, Saul Gottsman says he needs 30 seconds, can he come in? He said, okay. And we walked into the Friedrich Rebbe and he began to shower the Friedrich Rebbe with brachas. That's what he came for. He came to give the Rebbe brachas. And he started to unvinch the Rebbe. He just showered. He showered with brachas. It was like a zul from Abnachas. And he went, no, 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 no. And the Friedrich Rebbe started to laugh. And when this guy walked out, the Friedrich Rebbe called to the secretary and says, you can send people into Yechidus, I'm feeling better. And the Friedrich Rebbe used to call Yisrael Gottsman. Gottsman means God's name. He used to call him Yisrael Baal Shem. Yisrael Baal Shem. Because he loved the Friedrich Rebbe. Yeah? But the, the Rebbe, our Rebbe, was, was the center of it all, you know. Um, the Alter Groner, from what Mishai Groner lived in Brownsville. And he used to come in. He used to come in to the Sudas, Friedrich Rebbe. So one night, the Friedrich Rebbe said to tell him that the next day there wasn't going to be a tish, he wasn't going to fabric. And he didn't get the message. So the next day he came anyway, 27.70, for nothing, he walked a half an hour. 
when he came in, they told him that last night the Rebbe said there wasn't going to be a tish. And they were hoping to tell him, but they didn't tell him. So the Rebbe is going to tell him some stories to appease him from walking from the flatbush. And the Rebbe stood in the hall and fabricated him. And everybody stood around. And the Rebbe Shmuel fabricated him to, to sort of appease him for the fact that he came to the Fiyad to get Rebbe and uh, he wasn't allowed to. All of this starts Chof Chassim. Before then, the Rebbe and the Fiyad Kebbe were in different countries. The Rebbe came to America, and him and the Fiyad Kebbe became incredibly close. They spent untold hours together. The Rebbe and the Fiyad Kebbe used to spend hours and hours and hours together. The rumor is that every Thursday night, and every Mozart Shabbos, the Rebbe and the Fiyad Kebbe began to nacht. There's no, the Rebbe didn't write that stuff down. That was all oral. All about pair. The reason, of course, is because Ms. Tamir, um, the Yonah that the Fiyadik Rebbe shared with the Rebbe during those conversations were not for public consumption. But they spent a lot of time together. A lot of time. And the rest is history. What can I tell you? This is our, it's a good day. Chav Chasim is an important day. Okay, I'll see you on Thursday. Amir Sa Hashem. Thank you.